A recently published technical brief by the World Health Organization titled Improving the Lives of People Living with Epilepsy notes that this demographic is most likely to face devastating social consequences such as discrimination, stigmatization, and violations. As someone living with epilepsy, I can attest to those consequences. Earlier on in my career, I was fired from my job because I had a seizure in the workplace. On this second installment of our epilepsy series that has been made possible by Epilepsy Canada, a Canadian-based nonprofit that supports research into all aspects of epilepsy, we will be speaking to Fred Kisserem, who's from my home country, Kenya. Fred got his first seizure while working overseas in Iraq as a pastry chef. He came back home to Kenya where he started a foundation that makes sure that people in his community have access to medication and get the skills that they need to be able to be self-sufficient. His organization also addresses some of the violations that people living with epilepsy face. Enjoy my conversation with Fred. Thank you for joining us on the show. We'll start by you telling us your name and where you're based. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, my name's are Fred Giserem and I am based in Kenya in Nairobi County. Okay, so we know that there are many wonderful places in the world. What would you say make Nairobi one of the best places in the world? I think uh, what makes us uh, to be one of the best cities in the world is because one, we have a national park in the city, mm -hmm. two, our matatus are crazy, they have loud music, so <laughs> anybody who, who, who maybe understands matatu will love our matatu, our culture is very, very deep. Thank you for sharing where you're from and I'd like us to move to your own personal journey if you could let us know how your epilepsy journey started. Uh, my journey started in 2012 while I was working in Iraq. Uh, I started having seizures but first I couldn't understand what was happening because they were coming at night. Mm. So they used to come, I, I get scissors like once in a week or once in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Then uh, one, one of my friends who is from Uganda, he told me that that could be epilepsy. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't understand because how could I get epilepsy? Because I think I was in my prime time mm -hmm. getting a good salary in Iraq, then I am sick. How? So he told me that is epilepsy. You mm -hmm. have to go home, check, uh, check, or go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I had two months to my to my my work. Mm -hmm. So after after like a month, I came home. Mm -hmm. Then uh, I did an EEG and mm -hmm. I did an MRI scan. That is when I was diagnosed with epilepsy. Uh, so yes. just to be clear, you are working in Iraq and you started getting seizures. So how was that experience, you being there and getting the seizures and even how, how did people react? I think it was one of the lowest points of my life because uh, you are here, you're still young, you're vibrant, uh, you have a dream of, of 
of going outside and making money mm-hmm. then all of a sudden then you start getting sick Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, you start thinking maybe that's that's your aunt at home maybe who's throwing witchcraft after you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're saying maybe that's my aunt who doesn't look at me very well, huh? Yeah, maybe yeah. she's the one who is maybe she has yeah, crawled yeah. into Iraq and now yeah. she's uh, she's minding her business. It was it was uh, it was sad at the moment because it was hard first to accept that you are sick. Mm. You know, the, accepting that you are sick first is the problem yes. so it was very hard but mm-hmm. i think uh after i went back to iraq i told my chef that i had epilepsy so mm-hmm. so he didn't put me in the hot kitchen so i was just making dough i was just making dough and mm-hmm. preparing the stuff okay okay uh, and so that means you you came to kenya you were in iraq came to kenya um did the test got a diagnosis and then went back to iraq Yes, yes, yes. I came after we used to come home after five after six months. Mm-hmm. Our Aranaros after six months. Mm-hmm. So after every six months, you used to come back home, mm-hmm. then go go back to work. So w- the first time it happened, I was like four months in Iraq, or I was four months mm-hmm. working. Then the st- seizures started happening. Mm. So uh, when they happened, I couldn't go home immediately because mm-hmm. when you go home, when you go home, like immediately, you have to pay for your own tickets and stuff. Uh. So I had to wait. For, yeah, I have to wait for like another two months mm-hmm. so that I could come back home, mm-hmm. do the proper diagnosis because I had to go to the best hospitals here in Kenya mm-hmm. to see where the problem was. So out of curiosity, why didn't you go to hospital in Iraq? Uh, first of all, we were staying in in, in camps, in, mm-hmm. in army camps, mm-hmm. and with these army camps, most of the doctors there were Iraqis because we didn't have uh, English-speaking doctors. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I found it difficult now to start to explain to the doctor that I am suffering from this, I am suffering from this. Mm-hmm. I found it best just to come home, mm-hmm. to go to the best hospitals, mm-hmm. then do the EEG stuff, do the MRI stuff, mm-hmm. and try to see the problems. Okay. And um, when your friend told you that it might be epilepsy, did that make you feel a certain way? Yeah, it scared me. You know, my friend told me he had he had his cousins, one of his cousins that was acting the same way I was acting. So it really scared me. I'm like, ah, because I'm 25, how could how could I be experiencing epilepsy at this stage? So yeah. it, it really really scared me a lot. So besides the the challenge of being away from home and the access to healthcare based on language barrier. What are some other challenges you can say you faced uh, based on your diagnosis? I would say that many of my friends uh, left me when I told them that I I was suffering from epilepsy. So it it took a toll order. It really, really, really took a toll order because most people still don't understand epilepsy. When uh, they 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 take epilepsy as demonic because when you know when you when Jesus I think healed that person who, who was having fits. So most yeah. people see fits, then they see demons. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And, and so at what point did you come back to Nairobi and was it because of your uh, diagnosis or just because you wanted to be back home? I came to Nairobi, I think, after four years mm-hmm. uh, because that time the 
there was a lot of fighting. I think ISIS was really, really doing mm. a lot of damage in Iraq. So mm-hmm. I decided it was not safe for me. Mm-hmm. Then I came back home. Uh, when I came b- back home, I had again to reshift my life because you know, once you're diagnosed with epilepsy, there are things that you can't do, like driving, mm. like doing. Uh, you have to like shift your jobs again. Mm-hmm. So you came to Nairobi and eventually became an epilepsy advocate and uh, have been doing wonderful things to help many other people. So could you tell us some of the things you've been doing over the time you've been back home with regards to advocacy? What made me start an organization is because one, uh, there was a time I was working as a researcher so when that time uh, I was working as a researcher, I, I had an aura, and mm-hmm. you know the aura sometimes it, it takes a day, it takes two days, or maybe it takes 30 minutes. So when my aura came, I, I, I think I had I assumed it. I didn't think that maybe the aura was very, very strong. Mm-hmm. So I saw maybe, 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 maybe. So I fell down, mm-hmm. I broke my arm, and then I had they had to put a metal on my arm. Mm-hmm. So I stayed in hospital for two weeks. I stayed in hospital for two weeks. So while in the hospital, I started now questioning things. I started now asking myself a lot of questions. It was there that the organization was born. Uh, my wife really, really encouraged me because she was seeing the good work you were doing, I think in Kibra, or, or, or because she was working in an organization in Kibra. So she so she told me, hey, Stawa is doing a very good job here in Kibra. So I think you could start something for our people in, uh, in Mwehoko. Mm. So that's where the idea was born. You've talked about your wife and uh, today we are recording on Valentine's Day. And so I would like to ask about relationships and epilepsy diagnosis. Um, Have you had any challenges? Uh, You don't have to go into anything in specifics, but um, any challenges with relationships? I know you mentioned a little bit about friends and family. But just general relationships, not necessarily love relationships. So any challenges living with epilepsy and uh, relationships? Uh, I will say that uh, the, uh, during that time while I was in Iraq, I had, uh, I think, a, a lady I was dating. Mm-hmm. But when I told her that I had a, I told her that I had epilepsy, she had to dump me because I think she saw epilepsy as things of demonic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but I will say as for my wife, well, I told her that I'm suffering from this disease. I mm-hmm. think she took it. Uh, she tried to understand to understand what is epilepsy, and mm-hmm. we've been living very very well, making sure that I'm taking my meds on time and every day. So there's a lot of discrimination, especially if you're a man mm-hmm. and you have epilepsy, because many people think many people think that that you are not working. Many people think that you are not working and they also think that you are not uh, productive. I think productive is the best word yeah. because when you, when, when you are diagnosed, people will say, how, how can this person work? How can he feed the family? Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. can he take care of himself, first of all? So yeah. that's, a, that's an Achilles hips, I think I will say that. Okay, okay. And, and it, I think that's also something people don't really think about, especially when it comes to men, because uh, a lot of people see that men should be the providers. And so if you say that you have epilepsy and it might hinder you working, then a lot of people think, oh, you'd not be doing your quote-unquote role to be a provider. So I, I hear you on that one. Yeah, yeah. 
So um, something else, um, no, let's go back to the organization you created uh, before we get into um, additional tools that you're using. So tell us more about the organization that you finally created for your people in uh, Mwihoko and uh, what are some of the um, programs or services that you provide? The organization is called Kisarem Epilepsy Foundation. We are located in uh, Mwihoko in Kenya. So what we do, uh, we have like uh, six things that we do. The first thing we do, we help more than 200 people access anti-epilepsy medicines. Mm-hmm. Uh, we partner with an organization called the Law Foundation mm-hmm. and other local partners here in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Then, then the second thing that we do is that uh, the second thing that we do is that uh, we also have a, a resource center whereby people with epilepsy and local and the ordinary members of the community they come to learn about tailoring skills and uh, we, Safaricom funded us that project. When they come to fund, uh, when they come to learn this project, for people with epilepsy it is free of charge, but to members of the community, the other no, we, we don't we charge them to sustain the project. Mm. And uh, the last one is, uh, we also have a beauty pro- project that we are running, whereby we, t- we teach our members cosmetology. Mm-hmm. Cosmetology is beauty, nail, and all sorts of stuff. We also teach them carpentry, mm-hmm. and uh, we also started a bakery. We also started baking. Mm-hmm. We, we, teach, we also teach our members baking, baking lessons. Out of curiosity, the medication that you provide, what's the uptake? How many people, how often, how much medication do people get? Uh, I think for the medication, uh, it, it because we work with doctors, the doctors come to our center uh, like after two, they come once after two months, mm-hmm. they are given Levisateram, mm-hmm. they are given Levisateram. And also, we also provide Tegretol for our people. And also, it depends on your dosage. But what we do uh, every time, we have to write a grant also that role, accept the accept the proposal. Then it sends to our doctors, uh, to our team of doctors. So then the doctors will come to our center, and then they will know how to give how to give these medicines. Okay. So you've mentioned about the center that you um, run and the medication uh, projects that you also have at the center. I'm curious okay. to know what are some of the attitudes, especially from the families that you work with, what are some of the attitudes that you've seen? Uh, that's a good question. I, w- I would like to say that, first of all, uh, to people with epilepsy, the attitudes first starts with our family. Mm-hmm. How our family treats us is how the community will treat us. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, I will say that for me, uh, my, my mom, when she knew I had epilepsy, she put everything down, everything down. I am the third born, but she was concentrating on me like, damn, I am the small boy. She was really, have you taken drugs? Where are you? I, even right now, like yesterday, my son's birthday was at her house. She was like, uh, make sure you go home on time. Make sure you do this. Make sure you do this. Make sure you do this. Because she knows that uh, she knows that I have epilepsy, and uh, she has to she has to do like 
take care of me. So uh, even when, when my wife came, she told my wife that, hey, Fred has epilepsy. Epilepsy is not witchcraft. It is this condition. It is, it is, uh, it, it, is it, it affects the brain. But if you take medicines, you live a good life. So we used to go to the uh, surgeon with her, to the surgeon with her, with my wife, my mom, the three of us. So she really encouraged my wife so that my wife could see this is a normal thing. Mm-hmm. But if your family members treat you bad, mm-hmm. our communities or everyone will treat you bad because mm-hmm. they are they are the mirror. So it is it is really a tall order for us uh, people advocates of people living with epilepsy to mm-hmm. teach the, the the family members first to appreciate their kin, to appreciate their kin that yes they might have epilepsy, but it is not the end of the world. They might do different things that change the world. Because if they don't do that, I've had many cases whereby mothers have been have been have not been taking care of people living with epilepsy. Even a, da- a young girl died, I think three years back or four years back. She was a very very good girl, a very very disciplined girl. But the fact that she was having epilepsy, she only had two clothes. Her brother, she died when she was almost, I think, 19 or 18. Her brother had more than 30 types of clothes, more than 30 or 40 types of clothes. But only she was given two types of clothes, only two, only two. And you could imagine that when she was having, uh, the day she died, she went to their brother, to the to the uncle's house with her mom. They gave her, they gave her clothes to wash, clothes like for the whole year. So she had a scissor, she fell down inside the water inside the tap and broke the and broke the basin so when she woke up they saw she was not when she they, they only realized when she, they were eating her so and so is not here so when uh, they went to see her in the the veranda they saw she she had fallen down instead of them taking her to hospital they took her to bed to sleep so these are the these are the cases we are we are witnessing here in uh, in our community and also we, we we also faced also other challenges men living with epilepsy being sexually assaulted by people random people in the community or by strangers so these things are there oh you've given some um examples that have made my heart just feel um really really downcast because of the injustices and we can say human rights violations that people living with epilepsy go through that are not really spoken about openly you know a lot of times when people speak about epilepsy they only talk about the seizures and the first aid that needs to be done and to some extent you know the MRIs and EEGs and medication but rarely do we hear some of these um, human rights violations that you're talking about and I think you've mentioned something really key of the role of the family playing um, with, um, as change agents because it, it, them starting that conversation them um, having first of all having the awareness and then starting the conversation um, reflects how we as society behave because the family is part of the society um, yeah so I'm still thinking about you know the, the assaults you've mentioned and just even how that girl uh, uh, passed on because of being mistreated and um, like uh, <clears throat> I would say that there are many cases like this year we are doing we are doing uh, we are sensitizing the community 
on gender-based violence mm-hmm. with an organization called Spirit in Action that, that is based in Canada. So I will say there are, there are many types of these cases. I, 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 I will also want to say that I think also two years back, there was a lady that was sexually assaulted by five people. And uh, this lady had bipolar and also she has, she has nine sisters and out of nine sisters, only one sister is the one who is living with her. And the sister who is living with her doesn't have money, she doesn't have anything even herself. So when when the guys who did that thing saw she was dying, they threw her on the road. So I was called I think at around 5 o'clock in the morning, we took her to Kiambu Level 5 Hospital. So all her sisters switched off their phone, all of them switched off their phone. So when after two weeks uh, I was getting her out of the hospital, is when their phones were now switching on. Because they were praying, they are like hoping like when will she die? And the funniest thing is that she's not dying, she's she's strong. God is giving her, even though the, she was like they are, she was she 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 was like HIV positive. She's still strong. So there are very bad cases that are happening here in our communities that that are that people don't want to address. Mm. And uh, it all happens because I've said she has nine sisters. If this if these nine sisters could just sit as a family and say, hey, this month I am giving this kind of money. Next month I am giving this. But nobody wants to take that responsibility mm. because her mom died years back. It's only this sister who doesn't have money because if this sister had money, I think she could have been a, in a, living in a good life. So it it uh, it starts with the family. If the family takes you takes care of you. It, it, Things like rape, things like gender-based violence, things like HIV, it will not increase mm. on, on people living with epilepsy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I hear you. And sometimes even it's not just the money; is having people around you so that you can be able to do your own thing. You know, if you look at people like yourself or myself who uh, we have epilepsy, but then because of yes. the love and the, the support moral. we've gotten, yes. um, it, it, it gives us the push to be able to go out and do um, our own thing. So I think also sometimes, yes, the money is important because we need the medicine, we need all those things, but sometimes yes. it's just the love and support, just, you know, yes. You're here, you're human, we see you, we love you, we appreciate you, and you know, yeah, be part of us. If we're buying something, we buy for you. If we're eating something, you eat with us. So it's it's those simple things, especially for families that are not sure what to do. It's just, quote-unquote, be normal, do the normal things that you do with any other child, with your child or um, your relative living with epilepsy. So um, you've you've taken the show to a whole new level uh, with just uh, touching the human rights violations and especially talking about uh, gender (laughs) violence. And and I'm very glad that uh, you have um, a few programs or projects in the pipeline to address gender-based violence, especially for people living with epilepsy. So... um, as we start winding down the show, um, my, my head is still wrapped around what you, you've mentioned. Yes, yes. So as we start winding down the show, um, I'd like okay. you to tell us, um, are there any things that you do specifically for yourself to take care of yourself? Because it looks like your work is not just in the epilepsy space, but in human rights and gender-based violence. So how do you take care of yourself? 
matters taking care of myself uh, when uh, when it reaches a point i i feel i i, I would do this thing i just go sit in a place relax alone 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 i meditate i meditate i meditate and let things slow i, I take things at a time i don't i take these things at a time i've reached to a point i'll, I'll say that i have done something I have done point A to, to point B, but if you if you say I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this, I want to give epilepsy jobs, I want to, no, you can't do that, alone you can't do that, it's a step at a time. Yeah, 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 which is very true because at times we want to accomplish so many things and I think at times it comes from the, from the point, especially if you someone living with epilepsy, it's coming from the point where you feel that Oh, there was a time I couldn't do anything. So now that I'm able to do things, I want to do a million things at once. But it, I love yes. your uh, way of yes. life where it's just a step at a time, one leg in front of the other one. You're not running, you're not sprinting. It's just yes. one leg in front no. of the other one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, any other ways that you'd like to share? Uh, I think uh, the other ways that I like to share, I think I talk a lot. I love to express myself. I love to express my feelings. So if I knew, I, if I meet new people, I tell them, hey, I have epilepsy. Epilepsy, this, 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 So this also helps me to, to calm down, tell my story to other people and also maybe create an awareness in a platform maybe that I didn't see, maybe I, that there's a platform. So I also love doing that. Okay, okay. And, and um, just going back to that, how how do people take that at times? Because I see sometimes it depends with the space. There are other spaces where that's something I know for myself I don't want to share, and then the other spaces I would share. So do you pick and choose the space, or it's any space that you get? You you, you it's an advocacy space for you. <laughs> the only space I get, ah, uh, that's a plus. medicines to make them to be free then uh, the second thing can i talk about the second thing yes you can talk about the thing yeah <laughs> then the second thing i will do i will also empower them with skills mm. because our people lack skills most of them have dropped out of high school or mm. primary school so they don't have any skills whereby they can go and say i have a diploma in this and this i have a degree in this and this i have a master's in this and this so i, I will also prioritize their education okay okay good uh, question number two if you were to work with three people or three organizations from anywhere in the world to achieve what you want to achieve uh, with all the money that you have uh, which three organizations or three people would you work with
Just three. Yes, yes, three. <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to put you in hey. trouble? <laughs> I think uh, Tori, head of our heels with Matters Epilepsy, Matters Research Epilepsy, mm-hmm. that's the first person. Mm-hmm. The second person, the second organization I work with, I think here in Kenya, maybe is to empower maybe the NECC, the National Epilepsy Coordination Committee, and make sure like uh, all the umbrella bodies uh, Kawi and ECC are like like one mm-hmm. because you know in Kenya this is this this one is saying this I am saying this yeah so that is the second thing the third organization I, I will work with mm-hmm. is uh, uh this, this American organization doing epilepsy I see they do a lot of work matters mm-hmm. epilepsy I think okay. American Foundation something of that sort okay okay so question number three if you could take yourself back to Iraq what are some of the things you tell yourself? Uh, if I take myself to Iraq, uh, the first thing I will do, I will, uh, I will encourage myself then and uh, told myself that everything is okay. And I will also like teach myself the recovery positions the do's and don'ts of epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Are you hearing me? Yes, I can the hear you. The do's and don'ts of epilepsy. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Um, what advice do you have for young people, especially young men, who have just gotten an epilepsy diagnosis? Yeah. Oh, that's a good, very, very good question. Uh, where? <laughs> this one is uh, uh, what I could advise them is <laughs> like myself, you know, I, I was there for you want to you are dating, you tell maybe this girlfriend I have epilepsy, mm-hmm. they leave you. you. You look for, you start again life, you tell another person I have epilepsy, they leave you. Mm-hmm. So I think the best thing they could do, they should focus on their lives first. They should focus on taking anti-epilepsy medicines, going to clinics, not taking drugs. Because when they take uh, anti-epilepsy medicines, when they do the right things, things will fall up. They should, but they should, if they are doing a career, focus on their career, build their careers, make sure they are, they, all their synergies in the, is in the right place. But if they start uh, like chasing for girls, chasing for the wrong, chasing for alcohol, mm-hmm. I think their life will be distorted and they will go down in a drain. They should also first build themselves, make sure they go to school if it's school. Mm-hmm. If it is a work, they should focus on that work, focus on themselves first. Then the rest will follow naturally. Okay, okay, okay. So now you have the opportunity to ask me one question. <laughs> so my question is uh, 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 why did you decide to uh, why did you decide to to do your studies in in abroad uh, oh wow so one because I got a scholarship abroad and then number two would be um just to expand my experiences okay. and also okay. 
networks because as you rightfully know I had done a lot of work in Kenya and various um, African countries and so for me I saw being in was also an opportunity for me to expand not just my intellectual knowledge but also my knowledge with regards to networks and also how other people live and um, do their things so that's one of the reasons but as you see the show is geared towards people in Africa and so that's where my soul is forever so yes yeah. i hope i've answered the question <laughs> you've answered very well and i have said i've said and i'll say again you you are my mentor because uh, you 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 help me at least understand about epilepsy uh, because she saw what you were doing in i think in kimbra she she gave me the advice and said hey, it's it always doing a very very wonderful work so uh, i will say that uh, you've done well uh, continue to do the work, kind of work you're doing we really appreciate you and we really like accord you in esteem because you 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 made the pathway for us now to come and talk about epilepsy and i can imagine that time even now we have stigma what of what of that time so we really like uh, appreciate the kind of work you're doing okay. and we don't take it for granted okay okay thank you thank yes. you very much um as we wind down uh would you tell us how we can uh, find you either online or offline and if you have any activities or events that are upcoming so you can find us at uh, facebook mm-hmm. you can also find us on instagram at kiserem epilepsy foundation mm-hmm. you can also find us at our website uh, our website is www.kiseremeaf.org Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh Twitter we are still not yet there but we're coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But sometimes I think it's where your main audience is and if your audience is more Instagram and Facebook okay. and that's where you need to be. So uh sometimes yeah. I think it's not really important to have all the social media um networks is just yeah. where where's your audience where are the people you're supporting and then you've been present with them. And so with with events what events do you have lined up? True. Uh we have uh March 26 we have Purple Day. Mm-hmm. Uh we have uh, members of living with epilepsy and also people living with epilepsy they will come uh, at the resource center they will share they will share so far what have they been up to what are they doing do you have success stories amongst them are they still living in denial are they still accepting that epilepsy is something that we can live in while we take our medicines every day so we i have i have couple of events that i am doing and uh, i think i will share with you as as time goes by i'll be sharing with you what yes. we will be doing that sounds good and we'll yes. look and also november and November. November. Yeah, go on with November. Fashion fair. Yeah, we'll be having an epilepsy fashion fair mm-hmm. and I'll be I'll be sharing you with you the things that we are doing. Okay. And just out of curiosity, at the clothes that the tailoring um department or the tailoring section of your resource center, so some of the clothes that will be used at the fashion fair or 
Yes, yes, yes. There are some of them that they will be there. No, some. There are ninety-nine percent of the, that will be used ah. because they will also have to showcase their skills mm-hmm. and also showcase their talents to people outside. Amazing, amazing. So I look forward to hearing more about that. And um, if it was during the school break, I would have wanted to attend. But November, I have uh, school will still be in session, so uh, I'll not be able to attend. But maybe okay. sometime in the future. Yes, maybe sometime. And I'll, I'm also hoping for uh, for mentorship from you because you know you are my mentor so please don't leave me I'm, I'll, I'll be with you hapa kwa hapa hi Asa we've reconnected Aya. and you know where to get me so um, yeah we'll thank revive you. those conversations but thank you very much for your tawa, time tawa. and for sharing your story and your journey and how you've used um, your experiences not just to uplift yourself but also uplift other people in your community and as you prepare for purple day i wish you all the best and i look forward to thank you hearing more about your events and your activities and also your own well-being so thank you very much for being a guest on the show thank you so much thank you so much Bye. Bye. I love how Fred kept repeating that epilepsy care starts with the family. I'd like to add that the family is not just blood. This means that each and every one of us has a responsibility to make sure that people living with epilepsy are well taken care of. And this responsibility can look different depending on the spaces you are in. For some, it could mean physically going out there and looking for people living with epilepsy and showing them some love. For others, it could mean supporting organizations like Friends that work directly with people living with epilepsy. And at times, it could mean prioritizing epilepsy in the different spaces that you're in, making sure that epilepsy projects are funded, making sure that there's community engagement, that's continuous, and sometimes making sure that you repeatedly remind people that people living with epilepsy are people first before their diagnosis. A lot of times when people are seen as illnesses, then they're seen as things without rights. And that makes it much more easier for others to violate their human rights. So keep speaking up, keep engaging, Keep showing love, and most of all, making sure that the spaces you're in are inclusive and conducive for people living with epilepsy. Thank you for watching or listening to this second installment. We'll have a new show next week, and I'd like to say thank you to Epilepsy Canada for making this series possible. Until next week, sending love and light, Sitawa.